Yo, what's up, everybody? Welcome back. Welcome. Welcome back to Forfeit Podcast. Fellas. Nice summer vacation, Chodes. Big John Stud. Well, Bill. The J-Lo. We're all here. And we're all off of summer vacation. Forfeit's back. We are back. Mm-hmm. How's everybody feeling? I mean, listen. I am... I'm sad to see summer go, but I always embrace this time of year, right? We've got the crisp air. We've got football upon us, which means one thing, a solid run of forfeit episodes. Am I wrong? A few weeks ago, I was fortunate enough to go to the Little League World Series and experience that. I want to touch on that. We got some fantasy football we got to touch on for all of us here, right? Some more than others. I think one person here is actually in a draft tonight, so we'll be getting some live updates of that. Then we'll roll into the, you know, what just happened this past Saturday with the college football debut. I think there's some, there's, there's a few opinions here on the podcast that we would need to get out. And then last but not least, it's back week one of the NFL season, which means the birds will be going to work and The first game might be one of the most pivotal games of the season. We'll talk more about that. But first things first, one thing I want to get off my chest is that if you haven't seen winning time on HBO yet, if you have HBO, do yourself a favor and watch it. Now, look, it's dramatized, right? Just like any other show. But I got to tell you, it's worth the watch. Any basketball fan, I don't care. You don't even have to be a Lakers fan because I'm not a Lakers fan. I hate the Lakers. John, I know you're a big Lakers fan. <laughs> but, like, it, it's awesome. It's very entertaining. Take it for what it is. There's comedic value. There's drama. And there's it follows the it, – and it does follow the, the, the history of, of the team um, pretty well. But uh, – just it's in season two now and it's it's a good watch i'm just gonna say that and i think all of us would relate to the jerry west character now jerry west personally came out and said that he's very appalled and ashamed and embarrassed by how he's reflected in the show but he's one of my favorite characters because he's just He's such a hothead and he's so passionate and so competitive that it's like, it's almost like it's almost comical and funny. Well, it is in my eyes. I feel like it would be any one of us um, that would still be playing in a men's league right now. That would, you know, it's just the way that you like all of us in a men's league used to interact and just motherfuck things it was it, it was it, it's great it's just it's just great because we just super competitive want to win but you know it's it's worth a watch 100%. just is it one series or how, how long has it been i don't know i mean i hope it goes on for a few more uh, seasons because it's supposed to follow the lakers golden era you know through the 80s and into the early 90s when it ends when they finally run into jordan and Magic has dethroned and everything. I hope it goes that far. But right now it's basically up to like uh, the 80, I'd say like the 82, 83 season. Um, 
so it's got a ways to go. And the guy who plays Larry Bird in it is fucking great. Like he's even got his like his like shooting form down, like like basically like identical. It's great. And uh, I don't know. It's it's definitely worth it's worth a watch for any, you know, basketball fan or any casual sports fan who wants to just go along on a ride of like, you know, an, an eighties nostalgic, you know, show. It's great. It's great. So that's my thing that I want to get off my chest. The way they Um, filmed it was amazing too. Oh, it's great, dude. They used, uh, they used dudes on rollerblades. It's awesome. Yeah. Rollerblades on the court. Uh, and, and they shoot things that look like actual footage. That's not actual footage. It's like, it's, it's done very well. It's done very well. There's, there's a little bit of controversy around the making of the film and everything like that. But all that aside, if you can put that aside and just watch it for what it is, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's a good watch for sure. For sure. So, uh, yeah, moving on. I mean, listen, I think everyone had a good summer here at forfeit. I, for one, wanted to touch on, I finally got to, you know, 20 years of being with my wife. Um, 16 of them married, um, her family, her father still lives in Williamsport. She was born in Williamsport. Been going there for 20 years, never been to the Little League World Series, finally got there this year. And I will say that it's um it's a pretty magical place when it's when you know at the height of it. Um I got to go there for the uh US championship game, which was the pretty much the semifinal round. Um there's a US championship game and an international championship game, and the winners of those two games decides on who competes for the little league world series championship. I was uh, fortunate to see the U S championship game where California uh, defeated Texas. California obviously went on to defeat um, who was it? Uh, uh, Curacao uh, for the little league world series championship. And man, oh man. I mean, we were on the Hill first base side and even from that distance, um, you know, some of those kids from California coming up the bat were just monstrous. I mean, you know, it, it made me think back to when I was a kid playing little league and you went up against that one team that everyone was chirping about, you know, saying, Oh, you don't, you don't want to face this team. They're monstrous. They got huge kids, you know? And like, the kid that ended up hitting the dinger to win, win it all in the champ in the world series game, he came up the bat and I mean, I'm six foot two, the kid's six foot one and he's 12. It's just like the guy, the kid looked like a man amongst boys and he hit, he hit one home run with ease in the game I saw. And he just put it out of the park, like effortlessly. And they had like three kids on the team of equal size. So it's not to my surprise that they won it all, but just the, the energy around the ballpark, um, the way it brings people together from all over the world, not just the country, but the world, um, is, it was, it was really cool to say, really cool to say. Um, I'm glad I got to, you know, experience it. Hopefully I, I experience it again. 
Um, and it just brought me back to when, you know, when you're, when you're a kid growing up with your friends and, and playing baseball. And I mean, I was terrible at baseball, terrible at baseball, but I had a blast playing. I had a blast trying and it just, it just brought back a lot of, a lot of cool memories. I don't know if any of you guys have any like special little league memories that you want to share now, but it just kind of brought back a lot of, a lot of good times. And, um, you know, a time of when, you know, now me being, you know, grown man, it's like, wow, we really didn't have much to really worry about back then. <laughs> you know? the, uh, it's interesting, Matt, when you were sending the text over that you were at the Little League World Series. Similarly, I was actually at a high school football game. I a little, remember. A, a little different um, from the, the first game that I watched. I was in Ocean City watching the Battle of the Beach. But um, I stayed to watch my nephew uh, play. And then um, the second game after that was um, St. Joe's Prep against IMG Academy, which was a televised ESPN game, which I'm sure had the probably similar fanfare to what you were experiencing at the World Little League World Series with cameras and yeah. you know uh, uh, celebrity sightings and et cetera, et cetera, all there. Um, so it was a it was a very interesting thing to watch, and I'm I'm glad that I did it because uh, the only high school football experience really that I've ever had is either my high school or watching now my nephew. Uh, kick for Rancocas Valley, but it's very interesting to see two different levels of play and how it was. And basically, um, watching, you know, you guys who basically have committed to college football teams already spoke to a father there who, uh, was a commit already from tech, uh, for Texas. Um, he went on 36 visits with his son. These guys, um, are, are, are absolute beasts. Um, it was, it was very fun to watch and really interesting to watch, you know, young kids who are hungry to go to college and, you know, put their film on tape. It was, it was something interesting really to watch. That's awesome. And, and like, that's, uh, IMG versus St. Joe's. That's like the elite versus the richest kids in, in the tri-state region. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was, uh, one of the, one of the players at halftime, had committed. He was the number one defensive lineman in the country. Um, forget his name off the top of my head. I want to say Silver or something. Anyway, he, he. I was speaking to his father, or whatever, and he was yelling to the, that 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 boy down at the uh, on the sidelines. He was saying, "Shock the world!" Well, at halftime, he had, he committed to Oklahoma. He uh, he made his an announcement very clear. But I think there was like five or six guys on that team that have already committed to you know, top 10 schools in the country. So it was uh, very interesting to see. And I'm sure, Matt, I'm sure the one thing that it would be interesting to know from your perspective watching Little League is is the speed. Oh, is, yeah. Like watching young kids, like now you're watching you know, 12-year-olds, you yeah. know, play. But I can only imagine how fast and quick they are, whether it's a ground ball or a hit or a swing or a pitch. Mm -hmm. And then watching, you know, again, like 15, 16, 17-year-olds who are, you know, a year away possibly to playing in Division One football, the speed of the game is is absolutely ridiculous yep. compared to what I watched in the first game with, you know, I would quote unquote say like basic high school, you know, football. Um, it was it was night and day. It was much more exciting to watch. Um, but yeah, Jesse, to your point, the the, the parents there, um, it was a completely different atmosphere. DeAndre Swift actually stopped by. He was on the St. Joe's prep sideline because he's a prep guy. Um, and ESPN cameras everywhere. 
Um, it was it was quite a spectacle to watch, and uh, glad, glad I watched it. I would I would actually watch it again if if it came around. It was that it was that good. So to speak of the celebrity value that you're talking about, like the Little League World Series, we much like your football, we we had ESPN cameras like right in front of us. The big boom you would see that would raise from like the you know the bush and the outfield and and give you the give you the lay of the land the drone like flying above us it was like really cool we went out to dinner that night in um in williamsport at a a fairly high end restaurant and we walk in we we go there we get our reservation and uh, we're waiting for our table we go into the bar there and right to the right of us, as soon as I walk in, Carl Ravish and Jessica Mendoza are eating dinner at a high top table at the bar. Love it. So like, it's just like you could feel it, you know, the energy and the town and everything is just like, it's all, it all, it's all, it's just, it was, it was just radiating. You know what I mean? Um, I did not ask for any photo ops. My family got a little excited about when I told them that they, you know, the ESPN people are there. I was like, nah, let's just, let's just leave that. Let's just leave that go. I thought maybe you'd rub some elbows with some, you know, fellow, uh, fellow broadcasters. Well, I thought they would have recognized me being, you know, uh, <laughs> you know, the, the, the co-host of a, of a, a very successful Northeast sports podcast, but you know, well, shout out to Carl Ravish. It's a, so shout out to Carl Ravish. Shout out to the crew there at ESPN. They did a, always do a good job, um, you know. And then my mother-in-law is getting texts from people that she knows of Carl Ravish and Jessica Mendoza playing pickleball with people that friends of hers, you know, it, you know, up the street. So it's like it, it's just the uh, they they embrace it. I feel is like it? every it's just completely embraced. The whole town comes together and and really. Uh, and, Who's and, the other and guy really that? enjoys it. Is, is Earl Harshizer still do it or um, Harold Jack? What's a Harold? <sighs> yeah, there's another guy Jackson. that does it. I mean, Carl Ravish and, and Jess, Jessica Mando, they're the two that I, that I know the most that do, that do it. Um, yeah, there is another guy that does it. Um, I'm trying to remember who it is, but I, it, it, his name's escaping me right now. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, it's, it's just a good time. It's just like, it's just, it's just, it's just an innocent thing. You know, just did, kids playing baseball. Did you get I mean, to go down the hill on the cardboard? No, nah, I could have. Yeah. My father-in-law actually, you know, uh, kind of, kind of taunted me with it, but it was, <laughs> they had gotten some rain the night before and I was like, you know, I don't want mud butt going into dinner. You know what yeah, I mean? There you go. Smart so, <laughs> So, but, uh, yeah, all in all it was, uh, it was, it was a great time. And I recommend it to anyone. Um, so we want to roll into a little bit of, uh, fantasy football talk. I mean, that's, that's the next thing that has, is kind of hot on our list in terms of like what we've been doing this summer, Mm -hmm. um, as a crew here. Um, I I think fantasy football, Matt is the, is the is the male is like the most impossible thing for men to organize and get done. It might well, somehow possibly, we do it. Yeah, I know it's get like it a, done. It, it's like a um, it's like an elaborate like chess set or something. I don't know. That's a that's a bad bad analogy. But to, I get you to get twelve guys to commit to a time and a day and a place and rules and it's what, hurting cats. food. 
It's yeah, exactly. It's it's hurting cats. It's like hurting kittens that are, you know, don't you know? Are, it's are like if if it's like if cats had to herd cats. Yeah, that's what like trying to organize a fantasy football draft is like, especially the drafts that we like to do and we're accustomed to doing, which is special, right? Because, you know, as the years go on, I mean, it, it's, it's gone beyond just the draft and just like the ongoing season. It's, it's getting together. And I wouldn't say the draft, it's it, the drafting of players. It's the draft itself and what it means. It's getting together and seeing guys that you might just, this is the one time a year you get to see them, catch up with them, see how they're doing, see how their, their life is, see how their family's doing. And it's just see what they uh, look like in a bathing suit. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> see what they look like in a bathing suit with no shirt on. Uh, it, you know, it's, it's just become a, a pastime of ours now and something that we cherish, you know, um, and we were able to to do that at at our friend TJ's house. Shout out to TJ! Thank you so much for letting yes. us terrorize your backyard. Sure. Uh, and I hope it's fully sanitized again. <laughs> uh, and it's it was it was a wonderful time, and it's something that we're going to look forward to for hopefully years to come. Um, I'm overall, you know, happy with with how my team came out so far. And, you know, but, it, but, but my point is, is it goes a lot further than that now for, for me, at least um, it's, you know, catching up with you guys and, and a sense of, I, I found it to be a, a real sense of brotherhood this year, which was kind of, which was kind of cool. Um, I don't know if anyone else felt the love that I felt, but I definitely did. Maybe it was the, the 12 beers and the, and the, and the pool and the pool in the hot tub that, that kind of, <laughs> <laughs> attributed to that, but you know, uh, to each his own. I don't know. I think, I think when we sat around that table and sort of already like looked at each other and started drinking and realizing like, man, we're older now. Like the days of us getting, showing up at three o'clock for a seven o'clock draft, getting completely wasted yeah. is not the best use of our time or our bodies. That's not um, to say that it might happen, not happen next year. I don't know. Oh, absolutely. Know, but- gonna put it out of the realm of possibility but yeah anything can happen I, I i know what you mean i know what you mean john it's like we have we, we we only have so much time as years go by and and we've learned to you know utilize those hours and minutes um accordingly <laughs> yeah and you know like every draft you're gonna get like a you know a shout out to a jared who's gonna show you something on his phone that you probably shouldn't be seeing. I shouldn't see. Um, and yeah, you're going to get a, you know, gr- gracious to, to Joe dark for, for bringing us a pizza for a taste test. Yeah. Um, shout out to the good. delivery driver, the, the female delivery driver who obviously was scared coming into the backyard of, of TJ seeing 12 shirtless men in a pool, half naked men, just, just salivating for wings yeah. and pizza. Um, I'm, sure, <laughs> I'm sure she went home with nightmares. Um, but yeah, I mean, just getting together, being, being a little bit older now and, you know, not, you know, trying to be a little bit more of an adult, um, you know, has its, has its pluses and minuses, but I agree with you. I think it, it, uh, it was a very kumbaya moment. We even had some time after the draft to relax in the pool, sort of go over some things that we're thinking about for next season. It was such a kumbaya moment that the one thing that we've been 
uh, kiboshing for years actually got voted through, which was a full PPR league. I mean, how many years have we been trying to drive that, that square peg through a, through a round hole and you still lived in New Jersey. All it took Jesse was an in-ground pool, a hot tub (laughs) and, and, and some beer. That's (laughs) all it took. Because like we everyone, could basically, solve world basically like everyone was like, yeah, let's do that. Yeah, and let's do it. Like we were always close. I wasn't even there this year. Yeah. And my vote wasn't even you were needed. there in spirit. You were there. In well, spirit. Yeah. But like my vote wasn't even needed. It wasn't. Well, th- however, there are some things I didn't agree with that passed, but Hey, that's why there's a democracy. And what are the, and, and what are the, what are said things? That uh, getting rid of the kickers, I totally don't agree with. Oh, you don't need a kicker, bro. I think that's so fat. You don't need a kicker. Nah, no, I mean, you can't just. We need more bench spots. You need more bench no. spots. More, no. more depth in the league. No. More depth. We don't need. We we don't need to delete what what has been created by the the fantasy football uh, Mount Rushmore, whoever they are. That's the. Uh, we can certainly add, but getting subtracting and and mm-hmm. modifying the league rules. Well, yeah. maybe maybe over time. With the deletion, with with deleting a kicker, maybe over the next two three seasons we will add a defensive player as as you brought to the to the table. Who knows? You never know. <laughs> you never know. That'll be my vote every year until I die. What? Bring the, the kicker back in. Bring the kicker back. I don't I know. The, the kicker is an integral part of the fantasy football lineup, and I think people will. I think people will regret not having it based on a lot of situations that have been going on recently with ad drops and players getting hurt first week and so on and so forth. So it'll be interesting to say uh, you might be talking about one person in particular that will go on, unsp- uh, you know, unnamed right now, but you know, he's, yeah, he's definitely feeling that pinch right now. Mm. Yep. But Hey, luckily for one more year, we have kickers. So for one more year, we have kickers. So we'll see, you know, Hey, and you could always, like you said, you could bring it to the, you can bring it to the table. Hey, let's vote kickers back in. I'm going to have to, and you never know. I'm going to have to constantly lobby for it now. So I'll look forward to doing that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, you know, Hey, we talked a little fantasy moving through the summer. Uh, one, the best part, one of the best parts about fantasy is what is it taking the pick your boy wanted one pick before you. Hello, Zach Charbonnet. Shut up. <laughs> must, you know, you're on the list too, Bill. Okay. Unbelievable. <laughs> yes. Which player of yours is hurt for the first week? I'll take your pick. I only got about three of my starters. So it's my teams are in shambles. Well, we were just talking about eliminating the kicker. So. You know, fail. It's absolute fail. How? Do, uh, speaking of fancy football, yeah, real quick, around six next year. I mean, I guess you're 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 doing a fancy football draft right now as we speak live on air. We are. I am currently. I, I I'm one pick. I got my last pick to go now. And how's it going? How's it going? You, that team is out stack. Now it went. It dropped down to a ten man league because two people quit this past week. So <laughs> that was pretty awesome. All right. Well, but at I least. Kinda, at least it even it, it even back out to ten. So no, no, it did. You know, because there was nine, but then one of us, I guess somebody else jumped in. But 
No, it was um, this, these guys like to do it late because they're very, very uh, annual about injuries and Jonathan Taylor situations and stuff. So I was, uh, Bill t- like Jonathan Taylor for a third league. Yeah, I mean, I've already got him in two leagues, so I want to hang myself. So why not take him for a third time? And he's only <laughs> third in two leagues, so that's awesome. Oh, man. So yeah, that, that's, always, that's always good value for a guy that holds out. Hey, oh, boy. Yeah, I, I mean, I've been snake bitten by him. I was snake bit by him last year. He fell to me in the Echo League, and I I couldn't do it. Just couldn't do it. Smart move. Just couldn't do it. Very smart. But, yeah. So, hey, with fantasy football being, you know, one of the highlights of the summer, the next the next highlight rolling through for some of us is uh, the debut of college football. Um, you know, Saturdays, this past Saturday especially, was – action-packed from what I could gather. Um, a lot of teams showing their stuff. And um, I think uh, a couple guys here on the podcast have some, have some, have some highlights that they like to call out. And I, for one, as anyone knows, who's listened to this podcast, I am not a huge college football person. So, uh, but um, I knew from just, you know, watching the highlights and watching the, 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 the everyday sports centers of the world that, you know, there was a lot of, there was a lot of energy and a lot of, uh, uh, heads turned this week, one of college football. So fellas, take it away. Let me know, uh, if you want to just, uh, elaborate on what you saw, uh, this, uh, debut week of college football and what people need to be, uh, aware of. Yeah, this is great, Jesse. Yeah, Bill, great. I mean, what do you got? I thought it was you two. I, I was throwing it back on the uh, me. No, no. I it's it's apparent that I'm not the the college. I wasn't person. saying it for that yes. reason right there. I was saying because my team played uh, Tennessee Middle School and so did Jesse's. So this past week, so <laughs> it's tough to gauge what our what the Fighting Irish are going to be this year when they played a school of 800 people of total attendees. Yeah, but just college football as a whole. I know you guys, you know, you're not just looking at your your teams that you follow, but you're looking at the landscape overall. I mean, it looks like, I mean, me not knowing, you know, Notre Dame from Villanova, from, you know, Boise State. I know that like, uh, 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 who is it? You, um, Florida State. Is it Florida State or who? Mm -hmm. they, they, They came out smoking. I mean, they came yep. out, you know, with making a statement uh, for what that's worth. I don't really know or understand, but um, it's just, you know, these things, you know, there, there are certain teams that have, that have come out and, and punched the overall um, uh, Lance college football landscape in the mouth. Um, and some of us would like to say that, you know, uh, Colorado prime has done that. And others haven't. So, well, so I don't know. But here's here's so a lot of times these power conferences, the first game of the year, they're the home team. They schedule a you know a team, and the benefit to that team is the they get a huge portion of revenue that helps that schools other you know athletic programs. I mean, 
it's not just, I mean, everybody like Oklahoma played Arkansas state, right? Like Ole Miss played Mercer. Like it's every year, the power five conferences, a lot of times they will play a, a, a tune-up game essentially for the, to begin the year. Like the interesting things for me is, you know, um, how, how a team like uh, I, I love to see the Dabo Sweeney fall from grace because he was always a fucking putz. And now that he doesn't have um, back-to-back generational quarterbacks, his team ain't shit. And he just got knocked off by a bad Duke team because, you know, Dabo was like, Oh my, I'm not going to play the NIL game. My guys aren't going to get NIL money. And then he turns around and signs this massive, like hundred million dollar, you know, coaching contract. So it was good to see um, him uh, get his, his comeuppance. Um, it was good to see. I, I think it's going to, it's a shame what's going on in the uh, Pac-12, Big 12 right now, because you finally have. Uh, yeah. What's everyone's thoughts on the demise of the Pac-12 and what that's going to do to the college football landscape because it, it's not going to do anything to the college football landscape. What it's going to do is probably in three or four years, be responsible for a bunch of other sports having to cancel their programs. Like that's what's going to happen because but is that good for college sports and particular college football thinning the herd? Well, it, it, but again, it's like, they're Does, just will that make things more competitive? Well, no, they're just chasing the TV buck. But the problem is now that these big 12 teams and Pac 12 teams are going to be happy, or, you know, the flip side of these teams that are, you know, now have to go coast to coast, it's not going to be a big deal for the football players because they always get the priority money. They get priority everything. But what's going to happen to like baseball, volleyball, soccer, like there's, there's a really good chance. A lot of these programs are just going to get canceled because yo, how about that Nebraska volleyball game the other day? Yeah. Like almost pushing like a hundred thousand people. But it, so it, but it sucks that, so now you've got an interesting coach, that that getting people to tune in and the conference is, is just, we're talking about Coach absolute, Yeah. It is just absolutely. Um, like the PAC 12 is dead. It's, it's going to be dead. So um, I get color. I get all the teams jumping, right? Because you don't want to be <clears throat> the one marquee team in a, in a dead league. Like, so I get it from like the athletic director's standpoint because they're tr- those guys' jobs are just to make the mon- the university money. So it, you know, so so I get it from from that perspective. But it's still shitty. Um, so it sucks that the that the conference is finally interesting for a year and then it's gone. Um, I love seeing TCU lose because I can't fucking stand um, Big Twelve football. I I can't. I loathe Big 12 football. I think it is the softest, uh, softest brand of football that <clears throat> of college football you can possibly watch. They play zero fucking defense. And every time one of those teams in any big game, <clears throat> anytime a Big 12 team shows up to play like real football, they get fucking pasty. Like, I don't know. Last year in the national championship, 
the TCU Horned Frogs um, scored seven points. I mean, that's that's not bad, right? Georgia scored 65. So it's good to see them uh, them lose. So that's why in the group chat, I wasn't like I w- if if somebody had asked me would I have put money like bet on Colorado, I absolutely would put money on Colorado. Um, but it's more to do with how little I think of uh, TCU than anything else. But um, it, it's remarkable the the turnaround in that program. I will say that. Remarkable rebuttal. Let's talk about the Big 12 for a second. What's so soft about the Big 12, Jesse? They don't play defense. They don't play defense. So basically yeah. it's 100, 100 points to 100 points every game. I mean, a lot of times it, it can be like on a week-to-week basis, if you look at the, the scores, um, the, the, the scores that, you know, the 40s to 50s, more often than not, it's that's coming from Big 12 country. Okay. Can I ask you a question since, again, we're getting to this college football thing, and I, I hope the panel, I mean, I know Matt's sort of out on college football, but Bill, I'd like probably your opinion on this as well because you're just as big I've as I've watched college. Rudy. I've watched, I've watched Rudy. There you go. Shout out. What does I do then? So, so we're, we, we the, the thing that bothers me Love the most helmets. about the conversations that we have here on Forfeit Podcast about college football is some of us, mainly Jesse, because I'm going to call him out here, um, contends that he basically he basically splits the universe in half, where it's like everything that Alabama does is is set in stone, and everybody else sucks. Okay, which you can. You could pretty much, if you've watched or listened to any of these episodes, that's basically where the, the, the line in the sand has been drawn. The things that I don't agree with, and I understand you have an opinion on about Big 12, Pac-10, name a conference, I don't give a shit. The, the fact that you sit here and say that teams, teams or conferences are soft and that you actually go and do the research on players that played in those conferences that actually are NFL superstars – is a ridiculous statement. Patrick Mahomes, where did he play? Does anybody know? I'll wait for he played at Texas Tech. Okay. Big 12. What conference is that? Big, big 12. 12. Very soft. Superstar, Big 12, soft. Where did Jalen Hurts play? Anybody know? I'll wait for that answer. Oklahoma. He played in the SEC. Okay. <laughs> for half his career. Um, so for more my, of his career than my, the other My half. point here is that, yeah, I know, roll tide. My point here is what's that a big, the, I, what's the, a big 12. <laughs> my point is here is that we, we talk about college football in, in very black and white sense and like generalities towards Alabama, which I understand Jesse, you're a very huge fan of Alabama. I get that. But the problem that I have here is that if it's, we have to speak intelligently and we also have to speak um, a little more broadly about college football and not, not try to, uh, uh, Muddy, muddy the waters per se with our with our opinions when we're we're wearing our team colors. I mean, listen, this is a primarily Philly based podcast. We're all Eagles fans. We're mostly Sixers fans here. Some of us Boston fans. Wink, wink, nod, nod. So we we try to be unfortunately a bit, Sixers fans right now. <laughs> we try to be a little bit more objective. But the idea here that 
you know, when we started to talk about Colorado this weekend, the, 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 um, the blood in the water started to happen here. And I, I find it remarkable that someone, someone like yourself and even Bill, who is a college football quote-unquote guru, how, how I mentioned in the chat, is, is not going to take the idea that what Dion did as absolutely a, a phenomenal thing to do in college football. What he is doing for college football is going to – people are going to try to model what he did based on what he's currently doing. It is, it is crazy. It, it, he is, he is primetime, showtime. He is um, a motivator. He is uh, doing all the things possible right for, for these kids that, that's unfathomable. And the fact that we sit here and say, like, well, I'm glad that TCU got dog-whipped. Dog TCU last year was in the national championship game. Their head coach, coach of the, coach of the year. Um, I mean, that's not a walk in the park here. So, yeah, I get people, teams lose, lose players here and there. And what Colorado did, turning over, what, 90% of their roster, um, pretty impressive. So, I mean, I understand what everyone's saying, but to sit here and th- say that, like, Pac-12 sucks, Big 12 sucks. You know, I could understand if uh, we pulled up the stats of all the NFL players and, you know, you know, 5% came from the Pac-12 or 2% came from the Big Big 10 or Big 12 or whatnot, and everything else came from SEC and ACC. That's actually not factual. So, again, in generalities, to tie this up, like college football as a whole is a fantastic sport to watch. I've been actually watching it very much so. I've been very much enjoying it. But the idea you've, that we're you've gonna, changed, you've changed <laughs> the idea that we're going to sit here and not talk ob- objectively about college football and not so much in a uh, diatribe of if it's if it's not Alabama, it's nothing. I think we're doing our listeners a disservice. So, so it looks like I just did a little bit more research. The uh, Big 12 uh, top NFL players from the Big 12 conference, Mark Andrews, C.D. Lamb, uh, Joe Mixon, Tyler Lockett. So, yeah. yeah. So let me, I didn't even tie anything into Alabama on that. Didn't even talk about them. So one, roll tide. Two, (laughs) I watched a lot of TCU football the second half of that year as they were trying to stay, stay undefeated and, and make a run to the, to the national championship. They played a lot of really terrible fucking football. They, you, you look at their, if you look at their record on paper, you're like, oh, wow. That's a remarkable, a remarkable accomplishment. I've watched a lot of those games. They magooed their way into a lot of wins. So you know what? Hat tip to them. But the first time that they had to play a real team, they got dog walked. There's nothing um, like magooing your way through something. Now, now, when, when I say soft conference, I'm not. They do not play defense. That is the better way to describe Big Twelve football. They. You know, you remember the the uh, the line in, in uh, Major League, you know, get in front of it. Don't give me that Olay bullshit. That's yeah, like bullshit. They so you know to to bring up Patrick Mahomes, he's a perfect example. He thrived in an air raid Big Twelve offense. Like all of the conferences, for the most part, play. You know, they play a certain style of football that all the other teams in that conference play because that's kind of what you have to do to survive to get out of the conference. The Big Ten, for the most part, plays uh, smash mouth football. The SEC plays smash mouth, like highlight style football. The 
Pac-12 does whatever the Pac-12 does. And the ACC just kind of does whatever because that conference is a mess anymore. But and and to 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 go back, the the transfer portal is a is a mess. But to your credit, like Dion used it um, to uh, used it to his advantage. Um, it, it'll be interesting to see how much of this sticks because you know don't forget when when Chip Kelly and Oregon blitzed everybody in college football right before, you know, he left to become the Eagles coach. It was the same thing. Like everybody was trying to, everybody was trying to model what he was doing. Right. So like everything is, everything is cyclical. College football is cyclical. Pro football is cyclical. So like, you're going to see these, uh, these, these now the, the thing is like Dion was successful with Jackson state. Dion had the best team every year he was at Jackson State, and he could never win the big game. Every year he 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 just couldn't do it. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens moving forward because now Jackson State did win their their conference championship, just so you know, in twenty twenty one, as Dion as the coach. Yeah, but then they went to the the bowl game and they lost. That's the okay. that's the that's the. I'm sorry, they didn't. They've never won okay. the. And, and let's also let's also the the. I'll let you go. Go ahead. So the it's great for college football, right? It you get more people watching, you get more people talking about it. And and Dion is he is one of these coaches that uh there's there's a handful of them that have because I think Dion was one of the guys that was kind of like Saban that was like, you know, this is what we're doing is it's going to become it's going to become a problem for people because you're going to have these kids being able to do whatever they want and being able to piece out of a bad situation. And, you know, teams are going to be able to, to do things that they weren't able to do before. And, you know, everybody was just, I ah, shut the fuck up. You don't know what you're talking about, but now it's all coming to fruition. And he used it to his advantage when he turned over, like to John's point, like 85% of the roster, they weren't a good team last year. He brought some of his players this year. So he brought some of his Jackson State players, and then he was able to steal players from all over the country because of the 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 clout of being able to be with Coach Prime. And hopefully, you know, some of these kids are probably, you know, that might help me get, you know, might help me take the next step in my career. It might help me make more NIL money. Whatever the, you know, whatever the situation is. Um, he used the, the the transfer portal and the NIL thing to his advantage. So it'll be interesting to see how this, what happens moving forward. And I, and I think like all these, all these, like the one thing that I saw that I couldn't believe was, you know, they're making a big deal of um, the, their number one wide out slash cornerback and how, you know, Dion's going to change the the way college football works with these two way players. Like that's bullshit. That's not going <coughs> to, that's not going to be a thing. The only reason that kid is being used at wide receiver is because their number one wide receiver after he balled out in that spring game, Chip took um, a big time NIL, an NIL deal to, I think, um, left them in left them in a lurch to go to, to SC. Like you're not going to see these cornerback 
wide receiver guys because the 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 size of your roster it makes no sense you have so many scholarships and the last thing a coach like Dion needs is like that kid coming out of high school was the best cornerback I think rated nationwide the, the last thing he needs is this fucking kid running you know running a uh, a sluggo and he gets his head taken off by a safety and he he misses the second half of the season or something like that that's the last thing they need and and the and the pro level those the the scouts and the teams aren't going to want to draft those guys if they've got you know a db slash wide receiver that's got like running back mileage on him in the first round right like that's the other thing that that i think he's doing this out of it's not like he's some some sort of mad scientist he's doing this out of he's got an elite athlete and it's a necessity like if he still had that wide receiver this shit wouldn't be he wouldn't be doing what he's doing right like you have to do what you have to do to win a game and this is what he's doing so we'll see what happens yeah, his son, I think, is super undervalued right now. I think his son will eventually be a top pick in the NFL. His son's going to break records. I think his son is super talented. And, yeah, I'm basing that off of one game. Um, we will see. Um, I, I just think that the, 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 the Colorado noise is affecting people. It's bothering people. I think it's a good thing. And I think that it's, it's affecting other college football um, teams, fans, as we can see here. And I think that it's going to do nothing but be more, um, more of prime time. And I use prime time, meaning that not just Dion, but the fact that, you know, ESPN is going to want to be on top of this. It's going to be must see TV. It's just like what he did for Jackson state and HSBCUs, excuse me. So, I mean, it's great for college football. Um, it, it's fantastic what he's doing with these kids. Um, Finally, finally uh, watching uh, you know, Transfer Portal, NIL, watching this all sort of come together. I love hearing things like he's stealing players. I love to hear. I love hearing that from other football, college football team fans. I think that's great. Um, but again, like I, you know, he's a he. He's got the swagger. I love Dion growing up. I think that's why I love him so much as a coach. Um, I think if you listen to some of the things he says um, to his players, I think it's fantastic. Um, it's, it's someone who, if I was a football player that young, I would love to play for. Um, and I think it's going to scare a lot of teams in this league to your point or to everyone's point here. Let's see what happens when the rubber meets the road. There's going to be a lot of, uh, hard games. It's not going to be a, a, a 11 and 0 season. Um, but again, we'll see when, when so-called play play quote unquote, more, more difficult opponents and we'll see what happens. Uh, maybe he gets the shit kicked out of him. Maybe he, you know, maybe his son throws for another 500 passing yards and breaks another school record. Um, so we'll see. They they have like, I think they've got one really tough game on their schedule, and like one or two that could be that could be sneaky. But the SC game in um, at the end of the month is going to be must see is going to be absolutely must see TV because if, if Dion son continues to play at this level and then you have, I can't remember his name from SC who they're already hyping up. as like, as a, as a, I don't know. As a, as a Heisman guy, like that's going to be must see TV between. So is that the one game 
me being a non-college football fan. Is that the one game other than the national championship game that I should like maybe tune into? I mean, there's going to be those other than every Notre Dame football game this year. There's, there's going to be those games. Like some of like the, the, um, the rivalry games later in the season are always good to watch. Like the, the red river, red river rivalry. That's always a great game. Anytime. Um, some of those Texas teams plays each other. Those are, those are uh, tough games. Um, Penn state, Michigan. Colorado plays Colorado plays four top 20 teams this year. I don't think they, they got a pretty tough schedule. I, I mean, if they, if, if they win nine, 10 games, I mean, oof, I don't know. I that. mean, but it's, but it, but also like you have to look at the, the, the start of the season rankings are so weird, right? Like, Colorado was on. I, I couldn't agree with anything you said more than that. That having preseason rankings are a complete joke. How you ranked TSU 17 when they lost starting quarterback, running back, receivers, defensive player? They, they lost half their team from national championship. And, and to project them being a top 20 team when they lost all their team captains is a joke. Just as it but, is and, to, to rank Notre Dame 13th. And they couldn't beat the, 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 the side of a barn last year, but yet, no, no, we like your recruiting class. That is the number one problem with college football is preseason rankings. Cause they're yeah, like, they, Duke beating Clemson. Should, it's like shocking the nation. It's like, no, Clemson sucks. They, they don't have anything that really, they have Dabo as the coach and they have their past allure to all these writers want to get in. It's a, it's, a, it's that, club of let's get all the in and it's it's just it just does a disservice to the Colorados, to the Dukes, you know. So is that like to your point, Bill, and to John's point, like teams like Colorado coming in and like shaking things up, is that like, you know, the the Alabamas, the Clemsons, the LSUs, the Georgias, like you know, there's always been like like five teams that have like dominated the landscape for how many years now are they finally like looking like, Oh my God, like, you know, like we're shook a little bit. Yes. I mean, it's disrupting the norm to answer. It, your question. That's what I mean. Like, like, it, and, and that's what's so like, to your point, John is so healthy for well, yes what's happening no, right now is yes and no, because Alabama pays guys. So does Ohio state. So does USC. Oh, just, the Ohio State, the Ohio State. It just gives other chances, other schools a fighting chance now, yeah. which, which is healthy. So, I mean, in any well, it, the, the, the thing that it's going to do is like Georgia and Bama and, and Ohio State, they're going to eat, right? They're still going to get theirs. But what Dion is going to be able to do now is he's going to be able to go in and he'll be able to get some of those elite, elite, elite guys. But the other thing he's going to be able to do is to go in to guys that might have committed to Michigan, might have committed to LSU, might have committed to to you know maybe not a one to two like one two three, but we're like Tennessee, four, five, six. Texas, yeah, like four five six seven. He's going to be able to steal all of those guys and build a team that to to John's point every year. You know, he always says about the playoffs, you just have to get in. You just have to get in and get hot. What do you think Prime's and, pitch game is? What do you think his and, pitch is? What is his I mean, pitch game? Yeah, I mean, what do you think his Nick pitch Saban. is when he, you know? You know Nick Saban? 
not Saban, Prime. What, what do you think he's pitching? Well, Prime his probably kicks? walks in like all the coaches. What do you think he's walking his... in like with the cat with the hat and the yeah? He wears his Super Bowl rings. And the, he wears yeah. his Cowboy rings, his Forty Nineer yeah. rings, and says, this, yep. "This is what you want. You want to get to the big dance." Like Saban wears his four or five rings on recruiting trips. Like this is what you want. You want hardware, and I'm going to take you to get that hardware. But now with the NIL, which it's, I think it's going to be the final nail in the coffin for college football. Oh, thank um, you, Bill. Um, Bring that up. And um, I think that to some players, that allure of hardware is great. They're like, oh, that's great. I want to win. Oh, you're offering me half a million? We already got $2 million offers from Oregon and so and so. So stick your ring up your ass sideways, coach. Thanks, thanks for coming. Uh, you know, the, right. the, way out. <laughs> the, the thing that will all, the thing that will always help. You know those the like the blue bro, blue blood programs is, you know the Georgias the Alabamas they can go to a kid and be like look you come in here you won't play the first year you'll start the second year you'll be an All American the third year you'll be a first round pick in the NFL draft and if you do what I need you to do I'll make you a generational millionaire like that is the the pitch that that's the formula that's yeah so like. And Unless when you listen to Prime, he says, we're going to turn you into a man. You might get the opportunity to change your family, and you're going to get a great education. So, it, and, and again, like, I, I think what Dion is doing is really good for college football. And I, and I hope that one of the other things that it does is it, it um, hopefully shakes up some of the the coaching ranks because I feel like there's too many like mediocre white coaches that shit the bed get fired and then uh like Brian Kelly uh that that end up at another program and then they end up at another program and they end up at another program and they never and it, it just seems like they always and it's the same in the NFL right they just stumble into coaching job after coaching job after coaching job and I, I hope that what Dion is doing, one of the byproducts of it, hopefully, is giving deserving coaches that wouldn't get that chance the chance to coach as other universities are like, maybe we do this a different way. Maybe we do this the way, you know, Dion is doing it in, in Colorado. So, like, I think that would, that could be like really like a byproduct of, of this is um, like Dion helping usher in like hopefully like a generation of coaches willing to do things differently than what everybody has done up to this point. I also right. want to say real quick, Go Matt, ahead. that Go ahead. right now him having his son as a quarterback is integral to his success. We all know having a quarterback is very important. We look at college football across last Saturday's performances, not having a quarterback is an issue. Um, if he continues to pl- if he continues to coach after his son ends up being a, a NFL player, if he's as that lucky to, to do, um, it'll be interesting to see how his performance is. Do, does the NIL help him? Does it, does recruiting what he did with his son help? Or is this just a, Big baller brand way of getting. Oh, that's a great way of saying it. Your 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 um your family to the next level, and 
and I'm not saying that he's doing that, um, but what he right. has done to Jesse's point with, for African-American coaches, I think is a great point. Um, but I'm not sure. I'm hoping that what he does does jeopardize, not jeopardize. What I'm, what I'm hoping that he does with the success of his team changes the landscape with what Jesse's talking about with African-American coaches, minority coaches in general, doesn't just have right. to be American, be but great. also what Bill mentioned about NIL and we, you know, we touched on transfer portal, how that's yep. ruining college football. Right. Because what this does is it lets Dion be able to go make a pitch and get money and have the clout that's different than what Dabo Sweeney has or Brian Kelly has or uh, Steve Sarkeesian has. Right. There's Archie Manning. Archie Manning went to Texas. He had, he could have the opportunity to go anywhere he wanted to. He's make two and a half million dollars this year in NIL money. He's not Archie the starting quarterback. He's Archie not. Sucks. He's not even starting. He's not even starting. So I, that's exactly my point. So to your again to your this whole point of NIL, I talked about it eons ago, and I, I made that that cold take that NIL is going to ruin college football. It there's going to have to be some sort of there's going to be a come to Jesus at some point because this is just going to turn into you know money changing hands throughout people going back into the transfer portal because they don't like coaches or they don't like the car that they're driving or, or whatever. And it's going to affect college football in a big time way, but I will end it at that. We coming. So you're, so you're, you're saying what you're saying is to put a bow on this is that everything that's happening right now is could spark positive change. No, I, I think it, I think it will. I think it'll it'll it's going to bring it more to the to the to the boiling point where you're going to see like the Travis Hunter Hunter kid who had the the um the almost the commitment to Florida State which again was going to be Dion that's Dion alma mater they thought that when Florida State lost their coach that they were going to hire Dion instead they didn't Dion goes to Colorado Travis Hunter goes with him to um, Colorado it's a it's okay. Everything that I needed to know was in Bill's reaction right there. So I'm, I'm fine I, with I miss still you. not watching college football. Um, we can move on to uh, greener pastures here uh, and greener. I mean, our beloved Philadelphia Eagles, oh, which is, God, these which these are up. Go they much. are, we are rapidly approaching yeah. week one of the We're NFL season. The Swiss cheese, this team. <laughs> and hey, we've got the next three hours of a four-hour podcast to talk about our grievances here about this team—the good, the bad, the ugly, the weird. What you know, what has happened in the past, which affects the the present and the future of this team. But John, yeah, want to kind of just like start it off here with um some some predictions and or the um the state of the union if you will with our philadelphia philadelphia uh philadelphia union i was gonna say uh <laughs> a dupe dupe uh philadelphia eagles yeah no i think uh listen um preseason is always kind of that exciting time of the year no, unfortunately well i mean it's the it's the smell it's the smell of football right it's no, not it, it smells mm. Okay. It smells. And and for the Eagles, listen, it was pretty uneventful. Yeah. I mean, listen, they go, we, we, they go, oh, two and one, right? They don't even win a game. They who cares? Tied a game. But who cares though? Um, but exactly. Who cares? But the, I think the biggest thing with, uh, at least in the Eagles perspective, my perspective 
in preseason, it's the time to get the young guys to play. But also, I think it's also important to have the the, the first teamers get a little bit of reps. And obviously, from what we've seen, we didn't see any first team reps for a lot of the first teamers. Everyone got sort of held on, put on ice for the entire preseason. This organization really sort of loves now the the joint practice. Um, they don't like to put a lot of stuff on tape, um, which I don't necessarily agree with. But again, who am I? I'm sitting here talking to you guys. So um, the, the good news is that, you know, the Eagles usually in the preseason, there's, you know, there could be something good, something bad. It was kind of like it was it was uneventful, like I said, but, you know, not many injuries. Knock on wood. You got Sean Bradley. He's done for the year. Right. Nolan Smith got banged up. He hurt his shoulder. And and really the only sort of, you know, uh, uh, drama that has come out recently is, you know, Derek Barnett sort of seeking that trade, which I don't think is huge news or whatever. So r- rather r- so much unscathed uh, coming out of the preseason, with a, which I think is good, keeps everyone healthy. The thing that I don't like, obviously, is in the first team not getting reps on both sides of the ball. I think that's a huge mistake. Um, I also feel that, you know, I think there's a lot of holes on this team still. I think we didn't really get to see um, those holes being filled on film um, in the preseason. Again, the joint practices are something, unfortunately, I'm not able to go. Um, my credentials have obviously been lost. Um, but again, they take a lot of a lot of um, pride in the in the joint practices. Middle linebacker is a huge problem still. I, I feel in my in, in my opinion, uh, Nakobe Dean had one nice play um, in the in the preseason. There's been talk in camps that he's been doing really well. I haven't seen it in preseason, so I'm still like you know I'm the meme like I'm the question mark guy. I have no idea. Safety is another huge question mark. Um, one thing I did like coming into preseason is Sidney Brown. I thought that he flew all around um, in the in that backfield, which was great. Um, and Jalen Carter for one snap, he looked like, you know, defensive player of the year. Everyone's going to crown him for that already. Um, past that, it was very unadv- it was very mundane, vanilla, uh, six round or 10. And McKee um, actually showed off a little bit. Um, but again, if we're if Tanner McGee is getting playing time this season, we're screwed. Um, our backup quarterback is a huge problem. And really the positives coming out for me. Um, are that there's no punter on this roster right now. So, I mean, that's a positive thing. We got an extra roster spot for and a town, a, a town at a different position, but we have no punter. So um, that's the positives. Um, I listen, I'm, you know, I'm the, the, I'm the Alabama roll tied to Jesse for the Eagles here. And I'm really, I'm really deflated after this preseason. I really want to see something. I really want us to come out on Sunday afternoon and blow the doors off of people because not being able to see them in prime time, you know, preseason, seeing uh, what's really happening and just seeing like TikTok, Instagram videos of routes on air really doesn't do it for me. So um, interested to hear what you guys are thoughts, but I'm not, I'm not too overly um, excited going into the, the first game. I'm a little nervous based on what I've seen. Um, and this schedule this year is, a, is, is going to be a dogfight. So it'll be very interesting to see how this team reacts to losing the Super Bowl. Can they get back? Can they go back to back <laughs> NFC East? We'll see. I don't know. So time's yours. So we could do this a couple of different ways. Cause I have like a couple of predictions. Well, several predictions actually that I would like to run by you guys and get your, your quick, you know, reactions to, and then we could also 
go through like we've done in years past, go through each game, you know, vote on whether it's a win or a loss and come up with a predicted record for regular regular season. Um, so I don't, or do we want to go around based on what John just said and, and kind of, uh, voice our opinion. I think some of the predictions that I have pointed out, um, line up to what John's, uh, already pointed out. So what do you guys, what, what do you guys feel like doing? Or do you have any, um, uh, I'd say we hold off on the win loss prediction a little bit. Okay. I mean, I Maybe, can't, I would like this. I would like to do that every week, like going into every week, each game be yeah, like, like, hey, like this are we going to win this one? Are we going to lose? Yeah, this like one? for this you week. Know? Yeah. Against the Patriots. Yeah. We could kind of have our synopsis and if it's a win. <sighs> yeah. But, let's do, let's do that last. I mean, I feel like I'd love to like roll these, like some of these are more obvious than others, but I want to get your guys's take on it because I feel like they relate to a lot of things that John just talked about. Um, in different aspects. So let me just, let me just start with, with the first one and the obvious, the most obvious one. And we don't have to spend a whole lot of time on each one, but let's just, let's just go through the list and I will, and, and, and I will, you know, basically, you know, navigate through each one. Um, Number one, Jalen hurts. Okay. As a quarterback. All right. Got the big contract now. You know, he signed, paid, delivered Uh, Jalen Hurts. He will continue to grow as a as a quarterback. Will he continue to grow or will we see a regression or will we see um, maybe not a a regression, but like the same as we saw in 2022 thoughts? This is open forum. This is open forum. Anyone can go. I think that you're going to see um, a, a, a dude this year ready to like run through a fucking series of walls. Like the fact that um, he his lock screen and he was pissed when it got out when when I don't he was pissed when when the the picture leaked. But, what, are you, um, what are you talking just about specifically? His iPhone lock screen is him walking off the field in the confetti of the Super Bowl. That's his on. Um, that's his personal phone's unlock screen, and it, a picture of it. One of the other players during a team thing snapped a photo, and his he was hold like his phone was like on a desk or whatever, and <clears throat> you could see it. And so like report for like two days, reporters were up his ass about it. And so like the fact that like every time this man picks up his phone, like when I pick my phone up, it's, it's the photo of my son is on my, uh, is on my phone. Right. Every time I pick up my phone, it's the photo of our forfeit logo. So, well, the, so that's my wallpaper, but the unlock is, is James. Gotcha. Um, okay, so you're saying this dude's hungry. He's going to be hungry. He's going to come out, you know, it's, salivating. Uh, so like, he's going to he 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 is he's so out for Al- revenge. So Alabama this year, they're calling their football. Out. Nick Saban said he wants to get back to joyless murder ball. I think that's what Jalen Hurts is. He is going to 
he's not going to have fun. He's not going to enjoy himself. He's going to just go out there to destroy. And he might smile when they win the Super Bowl. Like, this is a man that is going to be locked the fuck in. Big-time season from uh, QB1. Big-time season. All right, anyone else want to touch in? Jalen Hurts, thoughts on Jalen Hurts. Is he going to continue to grow? Is he going to be... Is I think he going to play murder ball or what, you know, I think based on the schedule, I think he's going to be probably about the same as this year, maybe a little bit, a be- little bit less based on the schedule. I think it's just basic, you know, strength of schedule going about better teams than we did last year. Um, this it's the same offense minus a big question marks in the backfield. Um, so I would say like, I would say just like last year or a little bit less. Bill, any thoughts? No, he's probably the least player on this team that I'm worried about. Worried about? Least. I mean, he's he's going to show up every week. He's going to do his job. He's going to be there. I think it's about another 30 odd issues this team has going into this season, but I guess so we'll see. Leading, leading into my second topic here, number two, the defense will be just as good as 2022, even if the numbers say otherwise. Absolutely not. Defense wasn't good last year, so I don't think it's going to be good this year either. So, I mean, the one good thing is I think we have a better. Um, he's coordinator? never coached down a uh, coordinator. He hasn't coached down a football, and I think he's going to be a better coordinator. So there's there's that. Um, I I think the way he's probably going to utilize the players on the field is probably going to be um, better and. At the least, he's not going to like you know jeopardize a fucking Super Bowl because he's more worried about uh, trying to land a head coaching gig with the fucking Cardinals. Fair enough. I, I think. Go sorry. ahead, John. No, no, go ahead. No final thought. Go ahead. No, I just think that he's coaching a worse defense, and he's very, worse. He, there's a lot of questions for him too. So big question marks surrounding the defense. Big, yeah, huge big, question marks. Big question mark. Also, like I didn't touch on it earlier, but like, you know, talking about preseason and vanilla offense, you have a new offensive coordinator. It's very right. hard to win when you have a brand new offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator coming in after going into the Super Bowl. Right. So it's not going to be, you know, just a plug and play. We still have the same guys. I mean, I they're not these, the same plays. I love these comments because they ladder up to all these topics. So number three, DeAndre Swift and Rashad Penny will be an upgrade. Over Miles Sanders. Thoughts? No. Yes. Push. Push. Miles had a TBD. 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 Right. Yeah, this is going to be a this is going to be a running back by. I think it's going to be a hot hand. Kenny Gainwell is going to take a step up. Boston Scott's consistent. I think Swift's going to have some big games, but he's going to get dinged up. I think Penny's. I think it's all health related, right? I mean, I think it's a push. These guys stay healthy. We know what they can do when they're healthy, but we know what we they cannot do when they're not healthy. Yeah, no, where the running game is going to be okay. That's one part that I'm we've not. got depth. Well, let's just say that, right? See, that's that's why I disagree with Bill. I think I think that's one of the biggest question marks on this team right now is running backs. Now, I, I would disagree because going into last season, we said the same thing, and Miles Sanders had a, had a, had a, had a year where he stayed healthy or played good since his rookie year. And what did he do? He's playing for a contract. Look what happened. Plays two dings. He's playing for a contract. DeAndre Swift and Richard Penny. They're playing for contract. But here's the but here's the thing. 
what when we needed him the most in the biggest game, he had the small he had the he had a terrible game. And Super you know what the most snaps in the Super Bowl? Kenny Gainwell. Had the most RB snaps, and he's on this roster still. So I feel very good that we have a running. So maybe back. it's good that we have a new offensive. Well, coordinator. it's also hard to replicate a thousand-yard rusher with four different guys. I yeah, mean, but the, it's just but the last time we, but the last time we won a Super Bowl was running back by committee too. So, and Jalen Hurts had what seven hundred yards rushing last year or something in that range. So he's one of our running backs as well. And yeah, according to our. Uh, had a ship Howie. He didn't pay him $250 million to stop playing like Jalen. So, which again, I think is part of a, a, a problem when you have a, a running back room full of question marks, you have a, a quarterback who's very good at running the football. You probably don't want to put him in all those same positions. You don't want to see him get banged up because what he, I don't know who's behind him that I'm excited for. Not to say like to your point, Bill, he shouldn't, play like Jalen Hurts, but at the same token, if you have four running backs that you've invested draft picks in and, and money in um, combined, I think we should we should find out who is a lead back and sort of... But I think the thing that you're... One of the things maybe you're missing or not giving enough credit to with the running game is you have to worry about A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith on the outside. You cannot have any safeties creeping towards that box. So now it's up to this O-line to go man-on-man with six, seven guys in front of you with our six guys up front, including Dallas Goddard as one of our blockers. He's a very good blocker. And saying, you beat the guy in front of you, and I have faith in this O-line to do that, and I have enough faith in Swift, Penny, Gainwell, and Scott to get it done, to really understand. That's where I think my confidence lies is is – you want to stop the run? Okay, and then you got to play AJ Brown and Devontae Smith one on one on the outside. Good luck with that. Which completely. I, go ahead, Jesse. Sorry Final to interrupt you, Bill. Sorry. Right. And I think the other thing is, I think Swift and Penny are going to be better um, with the ball in their hands, like because I don't think the team ever trusted. Um, no, Miles receiving, and that I mean that's what I was saying. That guys have crept up in the box, and when Miles was in, it was odds are he's going to run. And now when you got Swift and Gainwell back there, and Penny, Penny's a little bit not a great receiver, but I think, you know, everything from what I read, and maybe, I, you know, for reading the same things, is the Eagles want Swift to be the guy. Like, that's who they want to be the guy because he has the most big play potential in the backfield, and he's the best receiving back, one of the better receiving backs in the NFL out of the backfield. So that truly gives – the Eagles offense, what they want when you cannot have any idea what plays coming at you when Swift's back there and gain well to a lesser extent too. Um, and I think that's why we're going to see Swift have every opportunity to be the guy, but what's nice, it's nice to see. And I was a fan of him in Memphis. He followed Antonio Gibson. There is Kenny Gainwell's got a chip on his shoulder coming out of school thinking he should have been higher than a fifth round pick played that he just last year, all he does was make big plays. He passed blocks. You know, when Miles choked in the Super Bowl and got scared, Kenny came right in. Only running back to the Eagles to score a touchdown in the Super Bowl. Um, I don't know. I think Kenny Gainwell is one of these guys that is just, he's not a sexy guy because he's only, what, 5'8", 5'9", 185 pounds. So I'm not trying to say he's a, he's a 25-game carry guy. But I'm going to say this right now, and this is not a shot at, Alabama, Kenny Gainwell is a better football player than Jamar Gibbs, and an NFL player. 
Jamar Gibbs maybe eventually could be. Kenny Gainwell is everything this Eagles team needs in debate. He gets gains. He just well, plays football. He's just not a sexy high draft pick, and that's I, his downfall. He's the, a every person pick. in that backfield, though, you have a question mark for. De, De, DeAndre Swift can be great if he can stay healthy. Rashad no, Penny. I mean, he only missed three games last year. It's not like this guy. Penny is the brilliant one that I, I, I don't want to misquote the stat, but. Banged up. He, Penny, play, Penny played behind the worst offensive line the last, like, two years, and he still led the NFL, like, in a stat that probably makes gives Howie a chubby. He averaged, like, over six yards a carry after first contact, and, like, he's getting hit in the backfield. You get him through an offensive line like this, and, like, the holes we're going to create, he's, he's, his own, he's his own runner, so swift, like, I don't know. I like, it's not going to be a week one against a good Patriots defense. It's going to be an ugly game. Like week one's a game. It's just win. I don't care if we win by a point, like just get, just get this W in new England. It's so this, lovely. this next statement, goes off of like what you said, Bill, it, it, it falls right in line with your earlier statement. AJ Brown, Devonta Smith, and Dallas Goddard will be uncoverable. It will be a problem, a problem for, yes, you can't, you can't Dallas Goddard six, seven. You can't put a If you, that's where, that's where Jay Jalen has to become a Patrick Mahomes kind of quarterback is identifying where the single coverage is at, like learning how to read a defense Devonte Smith. And I'm not trying to equate this necessarily to fantasy, but it ties in. He had a goose egg in week one of, and of, football of last season. He had no catches, no yards. You take away week one. He was the number nine fantasy receiver in all of football last year. He had the most, he was like number two behind JJ or Jamar chase for most open routes run downfield. Like this guy cannot be covered. It's just Jalen's job to find him. And AJ Brown is like one of the most slept on receivers in the NFL. He's 26. He's in his prime. He's literally, I'm not saying it's apples to apples, but he might be the closest thing the NFL seen to a Terrell Owens since Terrell Owens. He is Hot. that big, that fast. Hot take. That, I'm just putting it out there. When you well, he's, watch a tight end. Play, he's a tight end playing wide receiver. He is a monster. He just, he, he just does, he, he only runs three or four routes, so he can't run their whole route tree, but that's Devontae Smith's job. He can run anything you tell him to run. He's going to run to perfection. And then, oh, yeah, by the way, you want to lock up our two guys on the outside? That's where Swift comes in. Gainwell comes in out of the backfield. And then you got Dallas Goddard. He was a 6'7 monster across the middle. So I'm not worried about us scoring. We're going to score 30, 40 points a game. I'm worried worried that we're going to give up 42 a game. That's where my issue is. We're not, like, we're going to see games at the Super Bowl a lot this year, and that's and people have been saying it, and it's going to be true. Jalen Hurts had like the least amount of passing attempts for any quarterback, playoff quarterback in the fourth quarter last year, because we were up by 20 points every fourth quarter. I don't think that's going to be the case this year. I think we're going to be in one, two score games. A lot better defenses. So this lead this leads into my next topic. Jalen Carter will be good immediately. Immediately. Yes. And Nicobe Dean. Will be just fine. Not sure. He's too, he's very small. Uh, I, 
Jalen Carter, I'm not saying to say he's Aaron Donald week one, yeah. but this guy's going to be a starter by like, well, he is, but he's going to be a, a game, had to manage him in a game plan by like week seven or eight. He's going to be wrecking havoc. Like you're going to have him. I think it's way too early to, to say anything about him. I mean, without seeing him actually play legitimate snaps, like I, yeah, okay, so he, he blocked off his Jordan teammate, Georgia teammate in that preseason game and got a sack. Okay, great. Like, you know, Jadavion Clowney had one good college thing on tape, and look at him now. No, it's too he had a lot. Of, people knew about him a little differently. And, again, I, I mean, I'm just using that. I'm just using I that. As an I understand a lot of hype train. He, he was the number one pick. He had the hype train. I think with a guy like Jalen Carter, again, it's all – it's a big what if because when, any, when, you know, when I sit here and say yes or you sit here or Jesse or anybody, when anybody wants to say anything about a, a rookie player, I got two words for you, Trey Lance. All right, so that's enough but said. Here's, so here's, here's, NFL games on a one you're, you're going to be coming. The, so, uh, but but Jalen Carter, I think, is the kind of player that, like Jalen, like to, to to why I don't like the. I can see why you bring up Jadavian Clowney. He was on a shitty team on a shitty defense, but he was a flashy player at South Carolina. Jalen Carter's been the best player on the best defense the last two years, basically. And I don't think that is like lightly taken. Like to me, I think he's a better player than Will Anderson coming out of Bama. I think Jalen Carter is the kind of guy that is just a football player. And not that Will Anderson's not and all that. Jalen Carter does doesn't get lost in games. It's just, you got to worry about him off the field. That's that. that thank you. That's exactly that's, my, my whole thing is I, I just haven't have a good season and continue to have good seasons. But the one and, good thing with him, I will say, John is he's not a partier. He's not a club guy. He's a video games. I don't want to practice, but again, not that that's not an issue. Like I get it. Lazy. I get it. Trying to go to the club with guns in his waist. Trying, that's not the kind of player he is. I, I hear what you're saying. I just want all of the the stuff that I didn't like coming out and happening to, to to happen with us. I want him to uh, – I want I fought the Fletcher Cox, the Brandon, Brandon Grahams of the world, the Jason Kelsey's on the other side of the ball to cultivate a relationship for, for him to kind of see, you know, look into the light, look how good you can be. You'll get the money. You'll get everything you want. Just get your head on straight, which I'm I'm hoping he does. That's all I want to see. I don't need to see defensive player of the year. It would be great. I just want to see consistent play and and you, and what I, that's all I want to see. Did you uh see the Tim I think it was Tim McManus uh big piece on uh on yeah. on him? Yeah. It was I mean, it was there was interesting stuff good and bad in it, right? Like I didn't know he dropped one of his Georgia teammates in a, in a fight. Like that's not great, but they interviewed the teammate who's, um, he plays in the pros. I forget where he plays. And he's like, it wasn't a big deal. Like we were fine with it at, at, by the end of practice. We were over it. And there's a so, reason but, why a number one pick goes nine. There's a reason. Well, it was, why. it was, it was, I mean, it was a car accident. Like, no, I mean, I mean that, I mean, that's a big thing, but then, but I will say this show, John, everybody wants to blow the 49ers, John Lewis and Kyle Shanahan. Great. 
they gave away three first round picks to a guy that made what five starts because they are smarter than everybody in the room and that's what the nfl is and not to go off on a tangent um but i was listening to our um our brethren on jacob sports media today on youtube i think it was rob ellis and d gunn were talking about it um about this about how the cowboys hired a a cap specialist because they just paid another lineman like a big contract and mm-hmm. they they said that like it's known in Dallas that they're tired of watching Howie get ahead of the curve on the cap and they get effed on it. And I'm only bringing that up is this is a copycat league and I feel like that once a team or two is out on a player it just snowballs. And not, I'm not trying to say that we have the magic recipe for this guy, but the more like, I kind of like read about him and watch him play it at like at Georgia, like some highlight. And I got to see their highlights. <laughs> I'm going to show you all the bad plays. I'm, I'm sure maybe their videos out there. This guy, and again, it's only on potential between him, Jordan Davis, Milton Williams, um, I, I would pronounce the name right. The kid who took the seventh round out of Texas, who made the team. Ojomo. He's the monster, by the way. This Ojomo kid to make the team as a seventh round pick. Our middle of our line is going to chew up so much of interior lines. It it's actually gives me like the smallest glimmer of hope in my butthole that we're <laughs> actually going to have a defense that can make plays because our linebackers and that's safety, a picture. Yeah, listen, and <laughs> it's a bottle. And uh, uh, this, this, and and then the fact that we have guys that had that have uh, wheelchairs on the outside is a little a little unnerving. But the D like Jalen Carter is one of those guys that I, I think it's just he's really a cornerstone piece. But again, as a rookie on a Super Bowl contending team, it's tough to be like he's the guy. He's the guy, and I think somebody that we need to we need to have really step up and play very big is Jordan Davis. He has Good. to become more than just a run specialist. He has to play on some passing downs and really well, I, be a factor. No, I think that's that the Jordan Davis ends with um, the two of them together, right? Like first round pick, first round pick, what they are going to, what Jalen Carter and Jordan Davis do together, I think will be, will tell the tale of how effective our defense is. If those two together can be game wreckers. Because that's and, how we're designed John and, Je- and Jesse, like that's how we're, we're designed for the line to not allow their O lineman to get to Nicobe Dean because he's too small to fight off a block from a guard or a center. He can't. He's only 215, 220. So our defense is predicated on is our four up front take up your five up front and let our two little linebackers fly around. Like and, let our, and let our corners let the let the wide receivers fly by them. Yeah, no, and, and, and that's what it is. And and our, our corners one are, guy I do uh, like, I think he's gonna have some learning curves with NFL speed is Sidney Brown. I think he's the kind of guy he it's, it's not fair to equate guys to players, but I watched him in Illinois a little bit, you know, played on the, on the defense with Witherspoon. Um, he's a twin. He, and 
But he's the kind of guy that's going to be endured by this city. He grew up poor. I think he was had a foster parents. Like, I think he was in an orphanage. Um, this guy had to work for everything. But th- what how this guy plays is exactly like Troy Palomalu. He plays with his hair on fire. Like, this guy just does not stop. It's just, again, a rookie safety in the NFL, you're going to get burnt. Like, it's just, yeah. you're, you're playing Our, against next-level talent now. Like, when CeeDee Lamb comes uh, at you, he's going to probably juke you out a bunch. Like, it's just going to happen. And Darren Waller, another big addition to the division we're going to have to deal with. Like, those kind of players are going to make you look stupid. And that's why I'm a little frustrated with Howie that I get it, you can't pay everybody, but you let Kazir White and um, TJ Edwards TJ Edwards walk for Sean Bradley. Again, you can't predict injuries, but we signed Nicholas Murrow and we cut our only signing of a linebacker, basically. He gets cut, and now we're stuck with... We brought Morrow back today, by the way. What's that? We brought Morrow back brought Morrow today. Back. Practice, That's great, but it's practice. still a good time when you cut a guy, and then it's like, yeah, we play a lot of faith in you. It's yeah. not a good sign, too, when you bring in Miles. No, Jack, I mean, the Miles Jacking, I think, was the big warning sign, that you bring in a guy who wants to be an electrician, and he's playing with the ones on day two. Yeah. Like, it's like, oh, this is a good sign. <laughs> you know, so I, I, I will guess say that's the, really where, you know, but that's Deshaun's side defense, you know, from Vic Vangio. It's, it's all about the kind of the what, kind of that, you know, it's not the, the wide nine, it's kind of the wide seven. They kind of just keep everything in front of you and don't get beat deep. So it's going to be the bend, don't break defense again, where it's right. going to be a lot of yardage. Where's Jim Schwartz at? So, but, uh, but you know, I, I think the plan with this team is is to win games 38 to 28, 38 to 30. Like, that's how we're built. We're built to put up 30-plus a game. Hold them to under 30, we should win most games. Like, that's I will say our, our, our corners are stacked. Like, absolutely not. Disagree. We're an injury okay. away. We're an injury away from getting – Murdered. I think, I think our they're pretty big gonna... on Eli Ricks. I think they're big on Ricks. I think they like Goodrich from from Clemson. Marlo Goodrich. They are they are really big on Ringo Ricks, Job, and Goodrich. I think Ringo John. I think you're gonna like this kid. I think Ringo again another kid with the head case though. Guys, the head case. Uh, I just uh, he's the kind of kid that is the kind of the safe the cornerback we like. Some people say he might play safety eventually. <laughs> I think he's a cornerback, um, but when I agree. One corner goes down. Your your next guy up is Josh Job. That's all I'm saying. Like, regardless of where you play college, the I'm saying, like, is the that's your NFL though. With the NFL, that's every team. Like, no team has four legit cornerbacks. I mean, look at the Cowboys. If they goes down, they're fucked. Bill we got nine on the roster. That's yeah. telling you something. No, it's just telling us that we have two older guys, and we also. Don't know how to like the way we're playing defense is we might have five cornerbacks on the not five, but probably maybe like four on the field sometimes. Like it like in covered like and I guess that's what, you know, with this hybrid Sean Desai defense, you know, it's hopefully we don't guru ourselves. But again, I am not advocating that we're gonna have a good defense. So let's make that clear. Yeah, I think I, we have I, good I pieces. Gonna... But <laughs> I think it's gonna be a work in progress. And I think uh, John, the first six, September. seven games, it's just win, baby. It's going to be ugly, but just win somehow. Like John, September fifth, home, chalk it up as a loss. I, I, uh, I hope I'm right. I, I think, I think at the end of the year, uh, <clears throat> I think you are going to say, "Well, Jess, you were right. the The corners, oh. uh, the corners are pretty good this year." Darius um, Lane, James Bradbury. 
No, I'm saying the quarterback room. Cornerback like, room. Position I hope they room. got nine fucking guys. I hope there'd be one or two good ones in there. <laughs> no, I, John, I, I think, again, Ringo, Ricks, and Job are, are hey, going to surprise My point me. is, you're, if you are seeing Ringo, Ricks, or Job on the field, we're having a problem. Well, okay, and the no. fact that we're talking about Ringo, Ricks, and Job right now means we got to move the fuck on here. <laughs> No, this is next. This is next level, next gen breakdown. Now, this is so, so, uh, so, yeah, so, yeah, you can wrinkle Rick's your way to the next fucking segment here. Uh, the last two questions I have for you to keep things moving here. Uh, do you want to talk about whether the Eagles will get back to the Super Bowl or whether the Eagles will win this Sunday against? the Patriots. Let's take this Sunday. Are we going baby steps here or are we going baby big pictures? Let's not get it. Right, let's go baby steps here. It's, it's nearly impossible to go back to back. So let's So here we go. So this Sunday, September 10th, 4:25 p.m., the ball will be kicked off for the first game of the Eagles season for 2023 against the New England Patriots. Do the birds pull out with a win or a loss? Before you answer that question, it's also Tom Brady coming back to Foxborough for the first John, time. I don't care if Jesus Christ himself came down. If we don't beat Mac fucking Jones on Sunday, I am so fucking out on this. I also heard Nick Foles is going to be in the building, too. Mac Jones. Mac Jones, Mac, Mac Jones played for the SEC, though. Right, Jesse? He did. If we don't again, allow me to repeat myself, FFP listener, <laughs> all all tens, the all the tens of views out there. All the tens. If we do not beat Mac Jones on Sunday, I don't care if it's by a point. It's week one. Games are Wins fucking weird. Wins a win. Wins a win. We don't come out of England with a win. I am telling you, you will not. You will hear doom and gloom out of me next week, like you haven't this fucking is, heard. This in a is long a big time. week already. Um, week one, big week. What's going on week two? <laughs> I'm looking at their depth chart. There's a whole lot of Q's, O's, and IR's on this depth chart for the Patriots, bro. Like I'm telling you, I mean, they literally have no re- I, I, they have no receivers. They have I one like, wide receiver. I like Mondre. He's a good back, but I mean, literally, did, Mac Jones can't the Juju's ball 30 knee, yards. I read that Juju's knee might explode at any time, and he's their one healthy wide receiver. Sounds like a loss for the birds. I, I'm telling you, unless Tom Brady suits up at halftime somehow in a Mac Jones jersey that we don't see coming, uh, if we don't win this game on Sunday, I, I, it's, I know there's 16 more to follow, but this game, that a loss on Sunday would really show us how fucked this team really is for this season. I'm just gonna wow, say. huge, huge. So, Bill, you are predicting a win or a loss. I'm going to go on a ledge here, Lim here, and say we win the game on Sunday. We win the game. J-Lo, win or a loss? It's, it's a fucking win. It's, it's a, a win. lock win. Okay. Big John Stud, what do you got? It's a win. It's a win. I'm going to say we are the superior team over the Patriots, and we win. So week one, let's let's put it out there in the universe saying the Eagles will win the week one bout between the new England Patriots, but that's not to say that it is not a huge to Bill's point, a huge, a huge game to, I mean, John, you said it, 
no preseason snaps. We don't know what this the the the, the first team. Yeah, it's gonna be you know football. what they're made of. Uh, they could get punched in the mouth. There's I gonna mean, be preseason penalties. There's gonna be fucking holding. There's gonna yep. be pass interference. Everyone's gonna be grabbing shit. It's not gonna be. It's not gonna be pretty. I, we mentioned this year, years ago on the podcast. Like the first three, ever since they took got, got rid of the last preseason game, these first three week three games, one, two, and three, are like shit football. It's shit football. They are. It's trash. They are. And it, it, you really it's don't. Big Twelve. It's Big Twelve football. It's Big Twelve football. It's you Big really don't football. know who who is good until like five or week, six. Week five. Yeah. The yeah. only thing I would say is with the Uh-oh. Eagles' offense, a defense. I'm okay with some holding and some this and that. We're only starting one new player on offense, and well, two, I guess, our guard and our running back. So we have nine returning starters from the Super Bowl team. I'm okay with a false start here and there, maybe, but. This should be a pretty buttoned up game on offense. Like, but the Patriots and Bill Belichick knows how to take away your best weapon. So this is what we're going to see. It's does he take away the running game from the Eagles and say, Jalen, you got beats with your arm or does, you know, so that's what, that's what we're going to have to see out of this game. It's Belichick will make us beat him. You know, we're not going to run the ball and pass the ball. Maybe we can on the best case scenario, but it's a, this is a good litmus test to see, and it's early, but um, I guess how how dialed in this offensive play calling is because what has me worried about this offense, and I'm going to say this now, is we were, what, two and six when Sirianni was calling plays his first season before he turned it over to Shecton, and then we went on the run when Shecton started calling plays. Yep. But when I hear people say, well, Brian Johnson had Nick Sirianni to lean on, I know it's been a long two years for Nick, but the reality is, is Nick Sirianni is Mike Tomlin and Pete Carroll 2.0. He's a rah-rah, chest bump with you, get you fired up in the locker room at halftime when you need me to, but he is not an X's and O's guy at all. And we need Brian Johnson to be that. I don't want Nick Sirianni coming in within a fucking mile of calling plays. I want it to all be Jalen and Brian Johnson, and that's a big what if, a very big what if. And then the first game of the season, you have to go against arguably the best team as a coach ever in the history of the football. It's going to be a big test, but 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 Jesse said it. We have superior talent. I think Matt said it too. It should be a win. It might be ugly, but it should be a win. And a win is a win in this league. It is. You don't get style points. You know, it's that's all it. just just got to win these games because we're going to have a tougher division schedule this year. I think every team in our division's gotten better than last year. And we play a first place schedule. So we play a lot of good teams. So this is kind of one of those games. You've got to just mark down as a W and not got to get it. You got to get it, but you can't play against next week opponent. You got to win this week. So that's one thing I hope. And that's what I want to see out of this Eagles team too, is don't be worried about week two. (laughs) Win week one. Yep. But I think Jalen's the kind of guy, I guess he said, I think he's one thing in this league that matters the most is quarterback. And I think we got a really fucking good one. So I think we should be, we should be good on Sunday. He's any got clo- talent. Sorry, Matt. God. No, I was going to say any closing thoughts before we wrap this episode up, John, you Wait, went I right thought we were going to- an hour or two of the Eagles. We were going to break down. 
Oh, we're gonna take a p- piss break and then so come like back. The didn't talk for the first forty-five minutes because uh, yeah. we didn't talk about special teams. Which I'll tell you what, there was a good rant on. Jake. Well, I had, I had, I had that as, a, I had that as a prediction point, but I skipped over it. I skipped over it because you guys wanted to talk about, you that know, fucking, fucking eight fucking. and nine man depth chart Rick, on a quarterback Rick, or Rick cornerback. Joe and Ringo. That yeah. fucking guy should have been fired and left in the fucking. I deck. had it. I had it as one of my special teams will cost the Eagles a game, if All not many games. Year. This All year. year last year. Special <laughs> teams is a problem. Special huh. teams is a problem. Special teams is a problem. All year, John's like, shut the fuck up. You don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> All That's year. That quote, by the way. <laughs> until, the su- until the Super Bowl happens. Until the Super Bowl. So, any last thoughts? Any last thoughts before we wrap this up? I, I will say Eagles that, Patriots. I will just say that you know to to piggyback off of uh, Bill's last point about Jalen. I just think that we have a we have a quarterback that we've haven't had here in a really long time. He has the talent, and he has that other thing that we're always searching for in in our quarterback as a leader and a guy who doesn't get rattled and is kind of you know all about the business. And and I'm so thankful that we have him. And there's a lot of other teams in this league that are looking for that or think they have the guy or try to trade it for another guy and so on and so forth. But I think we'll, to Jesse's point earlier, he's hungry um, and he's, we're going to go as far as he is. um, And I'm looking forward to that. Um, But you know, it, one person doesn't win. And the one thing I am looking forward to this season is seeing how this team, uh, this band of brothers, so forth that sort of is kind of doing their last ride. Um, let's see how they let's see how they uh, attack the moment uh, because this is this is it for those guys. Uh, we can we can argue about it in the next episode. This is it for those guys. So uh, let's hope that those young guys make it make it a ride for them, and we can uh, we can get this thing done. Jesse, final thought. Uh, go birds. Go birds. I'll save that thought. My <laughs> final thought. My final thought is I've said it once. I've said it twice. I said it a thousand times. Just win, baby. For Big John Stud, I'm Metal Matt, Wild Bill, J-Lo. Give us your final thought again. Go Birds.